Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. As always, we're running into a two-game slate here, Nate, on Thursday night, your typical, what we're used to in, in past days of like no games to work with on a Thursday night, even though there's no football. So we'll uh, we'll make the best with what we have, at least with this Warriors and Dubs, uh, I'm sorry, Warriors and Nuggets game in Golden State. We already have those lines up, Milwaukee on a back-to-back against San Antonio. So we'll do the best we can with those, but plenty to look at here for best bets in the, the, uh, the Dubs game. And we also have a player props up for you because we're pros and this is what we do each and every week. Day. Uh, so subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Also want you to head to thelines.com and use the odds finder tool that we have up there to make sure you're getting the best juice for all these bets that you're making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get right into your first best bet here from the dubs and the nuggets game. Yeah. I mean, we got all the props up for this one at least. So, and we do think we know who's going to be playing. Uh, yeah, most of the props I'd say, but at least for the stars. So I'll do a little same game parlay on the conservative side. Steph to get 25, Joker to go 20 and 10. And uh, that gets you close to even money here. I I guess you'd be more concerned about Steph getting the 25s. He's had his ups and downs in recent games, but he's coming off a really white hot performance against a tough Orlando defense. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, like I just want to fade the fact that Denver somehow is going to stop him or that KCP is a is a Steph stopper. It's like, yeah, the last three regular season games, including two this season, he's been ice cold against them. And he knows that. And he's just going to come out with motivation because of that. And he's not going to be held down. He averaged 21 points per game on 32, 28% splits in those three meetings. That is just way, way off the page outlier for Steph Curry, right? I mean, Steph Curry is a 48, 41 kind of split guy no matter what defense you throw at him no matter what the matchup is or the situation um and so now i mean he's he's in a situation where the warriors it's kind of nut cutting time right i mean it's 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 time to start winning some games or they're gonna they're gonna trade clay or they're, they're gonna do something drastic right it's just like this team is not competitive if, if steph doesn't drag them um and, and you know when they've been dogs lately he had 33 against boston he had 34 against okc um, you know, 29 against sack 22 and 26 against LAC. The other situations when he's dogs are against Denver. And again, I think he can score on this Denver team. Let's just look at the playoffs last year where he averaged 31 a game on the typical Steph splits, 52, 40% from three, 38% usage rate, which is way up from these last few regular season meetings. Joker, uh, of course, uh, we'd like we like him to get 20 and 10, even though he's had his ups and downs as well, because we don't know when he's going to give that full like MVP effort. The point is, like, he'll play the matchups and the Warriors right now. They're trotting out a rookie at center. Kevon Looney, you say, is washed. Um, And there's obviously no Draymond walking through that door in his last eight against the Warriors with Dre. Joker 20 and nine in his last eight without which happens to be the last eight period, because for whatever reason, Draymond has not been out there in the regular season. He's averaging 27 and a half and 14 and a half rebounds. So I have no uh, qualms taking Joker at that conservative line. Um, and I think this is a nice conservative SGP altogether. It is, and it should be. And Steph should get 25, uh, which would be the only part of the bet that you might be concerned with. I don't think it's going to be quite as much of a blowout with Denver on the road, but I think they're going to basically keep the dubs at bay anywhere from six to 13 points 
throughout the game is kind of how I see this one fluctuating with the Nuggets controlling things and still being somewhat, I don't want to call them lackadaisical, but certainly not as uh, elevated in enthusiasm, let's say, as they might have been last year when they were at this point of the season and they were still looking to prove, obviously, they didn't have a chip. It's just natural to be that way. Um, the interesting thing about this game is going to be whether or not Trace Jackson Davis can last. Like, how 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 long can he stay in there as the center for this team. So I'll just go into my first bet, which is I'm taking Denver to win this game and I'm going to take them to cover three points opened at two and a half and it stayed there for a while. And now it's at three. uh, And I'm sure that by the time people are watching this, it's going to be at least three. So I'm not going to give out two and a half, even though that's what I bet it at uh, pretty early today. The, uh, the three points is nothing. It's whatever. Like, I'm not going to use that as much of a measuring stick. As long as I get it under like four and a half or so, I'm really happy with that bet for, for the nuggets. And you might see it continue to rise a bit as people turn their focus from the 12 game slate on Wednesday night towards the Thursday slate. But to the point of this bet, I don't trust the dubs. I, I do not trust them. I did trust them in that magic matchup. Although I tried to take the magic to cover it and, and even the under wasn't there. Uh, what I realized afterwards was like, look, if Steph is going to be able to score and, and you're bad against ball like dribbling point guards who can score off of the dribble right and pull up off the dribble more importantly you're going to be able to to at least score against Orlando that's the only place that they're really vulnerable when you look at their team because once you get into the foul line area they're either going to foul you or they're going to they're going to probably steal it from you uh but with Steph like in that situation it was it was a better matchup than this one for sure I'm not saying he can't do his thing I'm going to say that if he does his thing it's going to be more at the expense of the offense than the last time they played and if you look at the 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 last uh now it's 12 games without Draymond uh, which since he's been out essentially is what I'm saying Steph do, like doing too much bad right it's it's the field the field goal attempts once he gets about to like 1920 uh, now we're talking a bit of trouble he still only had nine three-point attempts in that last game which for Steph Curry there's been times where he's been up around 14 15 threes uh, over the course of like a five six seven game uh, you know period so the fact that he's not for, he didn't force it in that magic game worked for them I just I think he's gonna have to right like I don't think the assists are gonna be there for him the way they were against that magic team so basically he's gonna have the ball out Pulled, you know, pulled out of his hands much sooner uh, with a much better b- defensive backcourt at this point than what the Magic were able to put out there. Um, even though Jalen Suggs played, it was still a lot of Cole Anthony, uh, and you missed Markel Fultz to be, you know, the final sort of piece of that really tall, long, rangy defense. So the the, the way that this team is going to play against uh, the the Nuggets is a, probably a bit more indicative of how they played as of late. They're playing so many young guys. When you just saw them play three really good teams with veterans like the Magic, or, I'm sorry, the Mavericks, the Heat, and the this, this Nuggets team that they played four games ago. They were abysmal wherever they played, at home, on the road. They're just playing too many young guys to, to deal with a team like that that's going to be able to handle them. They, they had 122 defensive rating in that time, minus six net. Um, they were they were basically lose, lost those games by an average of nine points, and they had everybody. But, like, you just see Steph and, and, um, and CP3 more than any t- two other guys, like, really trying to pull this team because Clay literally cannot shoot if it's not catch and shoot. Like, dude is not in the uh, – has that does not have that capability anymore to even sidestep somebody and, and be quick enough to get that shot off it's just a lot of his stuff is catch and shoot and most of it is un, um you know unguarded or at least with nobody within zero to like six feet uh of him so uh i, I yeah I, i'm not feeling good about the the dubs and the, the nuggets on the road be damned i still think they give a shit about beating a team like the warriors yeah and i'm i'm with the nuggets to cover this and i would add it to that sgp just fine and including the game theory of steph's gonna have to score 25 for you know, the, the Warriors to be close in this game, right? And and for them to hang with the Nuggets down the stretch and force Joker to keep coming down with rebounds. Um, I mean, the Nuggets, they got AG back after 
a, a pretty bad loss at the Thunder, right? So kind of a wake-up call for them at this point as we turn the calendar, as they start to try to get in that championship form. We keep wondering, you know, when are they doing this? When when are they going to really start caring about how they look? It's starting to happen. Uh, I mean, with Jamal Murray at least bringing the intensity, Joker still, like I said, takes what the defense gives him. Uh, but, yeah, I think we do see that kind of championship effort from the Nuggets uh, to put put the Warriors to bed once again. So let's look at this other game here. Bucks um, are at San Antonio. Totals at 250 is where we open. And I'm interested. I was interested in the under and, and I looked into it a lot. And I was going to, you know, argue for it on the basis that Giannis is going to take tomorrow night off. At, but then they lose to the Pacers. And I, I don't think he's going to be convinced to sit. Like, I think he's going to come back out and take his take his frustration out on the Spurs defense, which is just horrendous. And then I look at the Bucks defense, and they're actually giving up the most paint points in the league in their last 10 games and the most paint points on the road in a longer strain. And, and that's where the Spurs are scoring all their points. It's either assists, it's assisted field goals, and it's points in the paint. And, you know, it takes, like, a good defensive coach and structure for the Spurs to not get some points back uh, when they're giving up a ton. That's why they've only gone under three times at home all season. And two of them were in consecutive games against Ty Lue and the Clippers. And I just do not believe Adrian Griffin has the same kind of X's and O's mind to, to limit, uh, you know, the Spurs to, to, to battle wits with Pop, even if he's going to throw, you know, terrible non-point guards out at point guard and do whatever the hell they're doing out there. I, I think the Spurs are going to score enough points to, you know, get, get around 120, um, you know, and then Milwaukee's going to be in the 130s, and, and this is going to go over if you can get it at this reasonable number. Uh, I do wonder, you know, maybe Brooke Lopez sits. We know Chris Middleton will be out on the back-to-back, right? So that's the one thing we know, but I think that means more Bochamp and more Connington and more pace in the Spurs We'll pull you out on pace, right? 102 and a half pace here in this last nine. The The Bucks on their last back-to-back was a 97 pace at home against Houston. It still almost got to 250, and Houston was, is a very good defense. Um, and I will say their one game without Giannis this season got to 240 at a 95 pace when Toronto shot nine for 33 from three. So not a good offensive performance, but still got a ton of points because Giannis wasn't in there to protect the paint. If Brooke Lopez sits, nobody's, you know, the, the paint is even more open. Uh, and Dame has also had a ton of success against the Spurs. So I'll, I'll stick with the over and you guys are going to have to parse it out based on this injury report tomorrow. Totally. Sorry about you. Uh, welcome <laughs> to the landmines that are the, the NBA injury report. Um, yeah, I don't, I got, I got nothing for you, man. Like pop is, it's, it's not much, uh, to work with, right. With, with what he's doing and how they're trying to configure lineups, I guess. I don't know what he's doing because how long is he going to be there? So who's he doing this for? It's all very confusing to me, but, uh, I'll, I'll just go to my fourth bet and slide step right past it because I don't care that I, I just don't have enough for it right now. But the, the last bet I'll take here is still a lean because we don't have these props up for Dario Saric while, uh, we're recording on, uh, Wednesday night here. But Saric is a guy that I like to play in this game. And and what's really interesting, what I started to say in the, in, as I was talking about the, the minus three for Denver that, that I like, 
like TJD heretofore, like Trace Jackson Davis, the rookie. I'm not saying that every time. It's TJD now. He is didn't start last game, and so it was tough. To, it's tough to see like how these rotations are going to work. Looney did start and you expected what happened is what I expected, which is Looney gets close to 25. I think he got that 25 and Dario Saric also gets minutes uh, versus Jokic because they, they both need to be in there. You need a true center in there. And now they're starting TJD at quote, quote unquote, true center. This is about, you can't, it's just barbecue chicken time. If you leave him in there against Jokic, right? So that's why I'm, I'm like, look, no matter what you want to do with TJD in this one as a starter or not starter, you got to get Saric in there very quickly. And it's got to be Saric for a couple reasons. Looney, as of late, is damn near unplayable. Um, he's turned into a very nice-to-have backup center when you really don't. It's like break in, in terms of emergency, right? Break glass in terms of emergency. That's what he is. And trust me, without Draymond in there and how thin they are in the front court, he, he, he's, they're going to break the glass at times. But more importantly, clearly Saric worked last time, and clearly Saric worked against Denver last time with Chris Paul specifically. Um, even when Steph's on the floor, Chris Paul and uh, Dario Saric in a two-man lineup right now have a positive 8.2 net rating. They just only get roughly like seven minutes a game uh, with each other, right? Which is still a good amount of time, but it's because CP3 is out there with the, the backups a lot more when you have Draymond in. Well, now that TJD's in there, CP3's in the starting role. He's no longer in the, uh, coming off the bench at all. He's still playing some backup minutes, but I expect Sar like Saric to come meet him on the starting lineup versus CP3 to go meet Saric in the uh, in the backup lineup in the second second unit because Kerr, know, Kerr knows that and they were awesome together on Phoenix, etc. Right, so that's why they've worked so well together this year. That's why he's going to get on the floor. I I would imagine that it's it. I'm hoping and being overly optimistic. Twelve and a half PRA would be awesome for Saric. It might be that we see it at closer to 14 and a half because maybe there's some info like what I'm saying baked into a number from some sharp books. But I would not be surprised at all if there's an opening line for Saric that comes out at around 12 and a half, maybe like in 13 and a half, I would still play the over on that for him. Uh, just to finish the point, like you look at his game log and who he plays against. Uh, it's definitely teams that have true centers and, and specifically offensive true centers because Goga Batadze is a true center and he got a decent amount of minutes against the Magic. And yet Sarge only saw 14 minutes. But then you talk, you talk about the Dallas game before that. Derek Lively, not a true center by any means, right? Dwight Powell, certainly not a true center by any means. So you're going to have a guy like TJ Deer Kaminga in there even at the five at times. But now we move on to Miami. He played 20 minutes. Denver, he played 20 minutes. Even Portland, when they had Aiton, 20, uh, 19 minutes, 20 versus Gafford. Um, I believe KP missed that game, right, against uh, the Warriors. So that was there was no real center in that point. You get my drift, right? Uh, once he played Zubach and, and Nick Claxton, all of those games are games he went over in the last 11. And all of them, uh, he played at least like 19 minutes, if not 20, 21 minutes. So uh, that's that's the, the the game theory here, once again, is like the minutes, follow the minutes for this dude. And then you'll get the, the rebounds because he's the true center standing down there. Even if it's not like he's able to box out Jokic, he's still gotten uh, over this number in those games where he gets the minutes. So I'll follow him back there this time yeah i mean i asked you what's the best way to like fade tjd basically what i mean because i don't expect him to hold his own against Jokic, and this is probably it right it's just like all right the rookie's getting a quick hook here because Jokic is making him look silly and we're gonna have to throw another big body out there and you know who's it gonna be dario saric and uh i also like kuminga I'm, I'm gonna put him in the player props for sure because there's size all over the place with denver obviously biggest front court front line in the league now they have Aaron Gordon back so yeah these these big guys should be out there and I don't I don't trust the rookie to 
to follow up what he did against Goga Batadze against the most skilled center in the league. Yeah, right. Not Goga Batadze. Uh, Nicole Jokic is the most skilled one. Yeah, right. We're in agreement there. So, Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA play a prop. We got a bunch of stuff here from the game we have props for, right? From the, the uh, Nuggets and Dubs. Yeah, it's it's pretty much most of it's up there, uh, including Jamal Murray, who you took on Christmas against these Dubs. And he definitely went over 22 and a half points. I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to tack on the four rebounds, though. Um, that's what I felt most comfortable with, not adding six assists against a Dubs team that limits assists because they just foul people, uh, and that will take those off the board. But 26.5 points and rebounds to me is, is fine for Murray on the road where he actually averages more minutes and therefore more points and more rebounds. And, you know, lately, the Nuggets, we've been, we've been saying we're wondering when they're going to kind of get into their championship form. Uh, I mean, they at least Murray is starting to. I mean, with AG out for a couple games, his assists really spiked. He has a 44% assist rate in his last three. But you look at his last four on the road where he's playing at least 32 minutes here to, because it's much more competitive for Denver. He's averaging 25 points, nearly eight rebounds, and six assists with a 30% usage. You know, uh, 11 peripheral stats to go along with 21.5 points in his last nine overall. So, I mean, this is about the average here. The Warriors, smaller backcourt with Steph, CP3 rotating in there. Uh, I think he continues to eat against them, and, and, and that Jokic is completely fine with him, with Murray being the number one op- option scoring. Uh, Jokic is going to pace himself and, and continue to kind of ease into the season the way he has all year, uh, preparing for that huge playoff run that I'm sure we're going to see from him. Yeah, he's spending the time right now buying the horses that he needs. And then, yeah, in, in that point in time, he'll refocus on the season when we get closer to the playoffs. It is a bit of a, a annoyance with that team, but I do think that we can continue to bank on the dubs not being able to stop guys like Jamal Murray, to be honest. Uh, they've been bad at defending point guards all season, unsurprisingly. And they are better at it when they have Gary Payton Jr., the second, who just got hurt in that game last night now and will be out for at least a couple of weeks, according to Shams. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take an under, though, for a... Gary uh, Payton Jr., the second. I just had to call. Did I say that? Yes, you did. It's his it's his grandson. Anyway, <laughs> moving past it, Chris Paul, who incidentally I wrote Pooal in the notes here, but it's Chris Paul under 21 and a half points, rebounds, and assists for CP3. We just faded his uh nine and a half assists. That actually got bet down eventually to the eight and a half that he uh and still went under with the, the five that he had in the last game. So I'm gonna take the rebounds and points as well. The the points and and the, the threes specifically have been coming down for him, but it's just an anomaly, honestly. Like you you watch Chris Paul take a step. Like I was watching that game the other night. He takes a step back three against like Jalen Suggs, and I'm like, what the hell? It goes in. Like it just it you it, it was. I expected it not to go in. It doesn't look good. It's just he's got a couple of those every now and again where he just does you know point God stuff. But more importantly, like I don't think the points will be there for him. I think that's a part of the the the, the prop that's too high at ten points. To be fair to the assists that are at seven and a half, which dropped you know good on the books for realizing that nine and a half was absolutely absurd but like seven and a half might be pretty high as well to be honest with you there's not really enough assists to go around for either Steph or CP3 to reach like eight or nine assists in my opinion because they're both doing very similar things it's either Steph gets the ball forced out of his hands and now CP3 or a guy even like B-Pods is the focal point of the offense or Steph doesn't get the ball forced out of his hands and he figures out what to do with it next and in the last game that was assisting a lot against the Magic but 
More importantly for CP3, uh, the potential assists stay still around like 11. I, I, there's not enough shooting, again, just to repeat the point, on this Warriors team to really feel good about guys getting that those uh, that amount of dimes off of you know 11 potential assists, needing like eight of them to go in. It's been closer to like 48% of the sh- of the potential assists that he he passes up. Um, they, they go in for these Warriors players shooting off of his assists. And the, the, the Nuggets are good at limiting assists. Just, they're not fouling either the way, the way that the Dubs are. They're playing good defense. Um, um, and, and switching well when they do with uh, with the likes of all four guys able to switch other than Jokic on pretty much anybody uh, on the court, which is a, a huge advantage for them always. Um, and that's a, a big reason he's gone under in four, uh, his last four versus Denver. He's gone under in nine of 11 without Draymond. It, it hasn't really worked. It hasn't helped him. Yeah, only twice that he's gone over, and, and one of those was against the, uh, the Mavs. And then the other one was against the Celtics, which was really impressive as well for him in the way that he handled that game. But for the most part, uh, the way that th- this backcourt is, you know, it, don't sleep on it. Like, I, I know Jamal Murray's been uh, bad at defense in the past. He's gotten a lot better. Um, and plus, obviously, KCP is one of the better you know two-guard defenders that we have in the league. So everything combined, I'll, I'll take under 22 PRA for uh, DePoint God. Yeah, and I mean, he's going to be going up against a lot of the Nuggets backups, which include, what, uh, Strother, Peyton Watson, guys who are flying around and, and very athletic, uh, not just Murray. Um, I was going to take under one and a half threes for Paul. That was, that was in there. That's one of the best bets, in fact, because yeah. we're picking for unlimited stuff. But to me, it is kind of a bit of a, a bit too much variance that you don't know how many threes he's going to get off or, or what he's going to decide to shoot. But Denver on top of limiting points. Yeah. Fourth fewest threes or third fewest threes to point guards um, and CP three. I think there's a, an opportunity to buy to sell high after he's hit nine threes in his last two here like you said just taking these unexpected shots that otherwise he's he's not really looking for a shot way out there he's looking to facilitate get inside get to the mid-range and um yeah i don't i don't think he'll really be pulling a lot of threes or scoring a lot in this matchup um so jonathan kaminga looking to follow up one of his best games in a while uh at home is key to mention and the line is only six and a half rebounds and assists for him Juiced to the over, for sure. I don't know if you can trust the points because the Nuggets are so good on the interior and they have Aaron Gordon back that I'm not really going to trust it to add on like 14, 15 points, but I'll just eat the juice and take seven rebounds assists uh, for a guy who even his last 12, you go, he's averaging eight of those in just 26 minutes per game. Like I said, he played 34 against Orlando against a bigger team where he was needed and he goes for 19, six and four. And a team high six rebounds shows you how de- desperate the uh, dubs are for some size and some presence, but played really well defensively, helping to shut down Paolo uh, to a degree and played well offensively, keeping the ball moving and, and earning more trust from Steve Kerr uh, to get those minutes. And, you know, his last four against Denver, he has only gotten 24 minutes a game, but has still averaged um, six and a half rebounds assists. All four were at Denver, I must add, because, yeah, once again, this is another home game. As With a lot of young players, he's more productive at home, where he averages uh, six and a half rebounds assists, has a 120 offensive rating versus 99 on the road. So I think he'll be able to stay out there, get enough minutes to get over these peripheral stats. Yeah, we we don't even have Andrew Wiggins props, um, and, and so I'm wondering, like, it, you know, Wiggs had a good game against the Nuggets last time. Basically, it was where I'm thinking, and it did eat, eat 
actually ate into Kaminga's uh, minutes a little bit. But in in reality, like he's he hasn't gotten minute, Wiggins hasn't gotten many minutes other than that. Um, to be honest with you, he played 21 minutes in the uh, Magic game last night, and then he's only had yeah, every other game he's played under 30 minutes. Like he's not the a top five most important player on this team right now. And there was a big consensus that he and Kaminga did too much of the same stuff, I guess. In reality, is like, no. Wiggins is like a tall, athletic shooting guard, honestly, and sometimes small forward. And Kaminga is like a legit undersized power forward when he, the way he goes to the rim. So uh, I, I hope that they keep him out there, to be honest, because it's a better matchup. And if, if he's not, you know, if, if, if they worry about having Kaminga out there with Wiggins, it's still not a big deal to me because Wiggins, like I said, I don't think he's expecting, he's still coming off the bench and I don't think he'll, he, he's going to have to shoot incredibly, which was an anomaly against Denver last time. So to keep him in the game and I don't think that'll be a problem this time so uh final bet here I do love KCP bets and I'm, I'm going all over the place with KCP I'm I'm probably gonna put some some units on KCP after uh you know we're, we're either we're done recording or I might even wait till tomorrow but he gets the minutes uh I, I'm not putting things on him bets on him for to like lock up Steph or anything I just he's gonna play because the only two guys on the court that he guards are Steph or Clay so he's always out there um and he played 39 minutes in this last game against them he's averaging 32 dating back to last year five the last five times he's played this team He's gone over this number of, I don't know if I mentioned it yet, 11.5 points and rebounds. It's my That's my favorite one. If you want just 9.5 points, good with it. If you want to get ballsy with the uh, three-point prop, I, it's 1.5. It's not necessarily too ballsy. He's done that against this team. He has pulled uh, about five threes per game. So I don't love having to bank on a guy to shoot 40% from three on five attempts for me to hit this prop. That's why I don't love the threes more than any of them. But the rebounds, you want to put PRA in there. You want to do just uh, assists, whatever. I'm good with all three of those uh, stats for him and the over because uh, he just does this a lot. And like I said, the points and rebounds is my favorite one. But he's playing 32 minutes against his team uh, in the last five. Last last game, he guarded Steph and Clay for the entirety of the time that he was on the court. There was like a minute and a half that he was on the court that he wasn't guarding them. Uh, and he's averaged 13 points a game and about three and a half boards in that time, getting you completely comfortably over the 12. And those numbers were completely skewed, actually, downward by a one uh, one game where he only played 21 minutes. And that's because he wasn't shooting that well, and Bruce Brown was playing really, really well. And they gave Bruce Brown the uh, the 32 minutes in that game against the Dubs last year. Um, but other than that, he played, uh, like I said, at least 32 minutes in all of those. And he scored 21. He had 21 PR, 21, 13, and 20 in all those games. So uh, I really like him to keep doing that. The the Dubs don't have much uh, in the way of, of solid shooting guard defense. That's for sure. Clay is not that guy anymore. Uh, and that's why, especially in the last 15 games, they're allowing the third most points per game to shooting guards and the sixth most three-pointers made, which is a, a heavy dose of threes from KCP is usually what helps him get over points props usually. So we'll, we'll take him over 11 and a half points and rebounds for this one. Yeah, I think you can tack on the assists here um, for, for a little safety or get the juice here on three assists more than, more so than one and a half threes. He does have 25 assists in his last eight here. Uh, Denver is, is you know, if he's going to be out there for that long, he's just going to be part of a pretty efficient offense in a, in a pretty high-scoring environment uh, for the Warriors at, at home, 235 total. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm fine with it. It's just, it's just a case of following the minutes. Like, if you look at a guy with good per 36 numbers and he's looking at 36 minutes, then uh, take the over. Yep, good math there. Love that. All right, that's all the time we have for you guys in the play of props. Like and subscribe to that page. Check out the best bets that we're also bringing you each and every weekday. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop.